This is the Apartment Building Investing Podcast with Michael Blanc, session number 62. You ready? You sure? All right, let's do this. You're listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast, where we'll talk about all aspects of buying apartment buildings with a special focus on raising money from others. And now, your hosts, Michael Blanc. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. You know, I get asked a lot, especially in these days, about, you know, the impending crash and whether it's the right time to invest in real estate. And I wanted to bring someone on the show that has, you know, decades of experience investing in single family houses, multifamily, mobile home parks, all kinds of stuff, who's been through three different market cycle. And that person is Jason Hartman. He, today, he just hosts, he's got about 20 podcasts with over 3,000 episodes. And he shares all kinds of strategies for business, investing, and just living a good life. And uh, he's, a, he's a genuine guy. He's a multimillionaire, serial entrepreneur. He started like 21 companies, investing, financing, real estate development, tech spaces. And he has not only a long-time perspective on the market, but also he invests nationwide. He talks a lot about different markets and market cycles. And I wanted to him just to provide perspective on the question, is now the right time to invest in real estate? He's a really conservative guy, so I wanted to see what he, what he has to say, and we have a lot to learn from him. So I'm really excited to have him on the show. Without further ado, let's get into the show with Jason Hartman. Hey, Jason, welcome to the show today. Michael, thanks. Great to be here. Yeah, honored to have you on the show. Just talk a little bit about, little bit about yourself, give us a short history, and then we'll kind of go in deeper. Sure, absolutely. So I got into real estate when I was uh, all of 19 years old in my first year of college. I got into it because I was inspired to become an investor at age 16 and uh, just thought I'd get my real estate license to kind of learn the basics, if you will. And I started selling real estate part-time, uh, very humble beginnings for Century 21 in Anaheim, California. And I was very interested in the investment side of the business. I worked with a lot of investors, you know, sold a lot of single family homes, but some duplexes and fourplexes and things like that. And uh, I, I like housing. Housing is my favorite investment class within real estate and real estate being my favorite over Overall. Right. That's awesome. So you've done a whole bunch of real estate. And also since then, I mean, you have all kinds of crazy podcasts before it even got popular. You have like 3000 podcast episodes. It's outrageous. Yeah. You know, you got it from, <laughs> from economics, investing. I, I can't even keep up with you anymore. So you yeah. have, you cover a lot of ground. Uh, what are your, come on, your, some of your favorite podcasts? Well, my favorite show is also my oldest and most successful show. It's called The Creating Wealth Show, and it's all about real estate investing. I think that income-producing real estate is the most historically proven asset class in the entire world, and I teach people how to invest in it in a really conservative, prudent way. This is not get-rich-quick stuff. It's not, it's not real sexy, but boy, it's really, really reliable, and that's the great thing about it. So uh, that's what we do. And then I have a back-end business uh, behind that. Uh, uh, that basically helps people acquire properties uh, nationwide, you know, be in uh, diversified markets. I always like to say that um, all real estate is local. That's an old saying. So you take the most historically proven asset class, but diversify geographically so that, uh, you know, if one market's up and another market is down, you know, you're, you have some diversification. So I think that's very important. Yeah, that's interesting because, because they have all these market cycles and we look at them at a national level, but really they're more much on a on a local level. Yeah. So, but you didn't always do this way. You probably started in one place. At what point did you realize that, my gosh, I should probably maybe diversify a little bit? Did something happen or what? Yeah, why did that, you come to that conclusion? 
you know, that is a great question. And very few people actually ask that question. So I got to compliment you for asking that. That's a good question. So first of all, let me say that there are three basic types of real estate markets. Anywhere in the world you look, there is a linear market, a cyclical market, and a hybrid market. Okay. And cyclical markets are the markets around the world that everybody pays attention to. They're the markets that get all the attention, all the news coverage, you know, all of the speculators, all of the stories you hear about people making a fortune in real estate. It's almost always in a cyclical market. But what you also hear about, depending on the cycle, is people losing a fortune in those markets too, okay? So those are the coastal markets. They're the trophy cities of the world. They're Paris, London, New York, Miami, uh, you know, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Hong Kong, all of these types of markets, right? These are very expensive markets. They don't make any sense from a cash flow perspective. They're the gambling markets, the speculator markets. And when I started in the real estate business, I started in Orange County, California, where I lived uh, most of my adult life, just south of Los Angeles after growing up in LA. And that is a cyclical market. It's a market with glorious highs and really ugly lows. So... I went through that market. As a kid, I remember the cycles because I saw my mom investing in real estate. And then as an adult, I went through that cycle as well when Orange County declared bankruptcy and uh, was really bad time and so forth. And I remember having all these listings as a traditional realtor and everybody just literally fleeing the state. They were just leaving California because there weren't any jobs and they were just going to more attractive places where there were jobs and the economy was better. And I thought, you know, in in the early 2000s, I was negotiating the sale of my traditional real estate company to sell it to Coldwell Banker. And this started in 2004. And I thought, you know, I'm going to have a big check here when the deal closes. And it took about a year to do the deal. I went to all sorts of financial planners and exit planners and all these very high-end, very expensive specialists uh, to counsel me on what to do from a tax perspective and an investment perspective with this money. And what I realized is that, number one, when I went to all the different financial planners, they were all saying the same thing. There was like virtually no creativity at all in the Wall Street world. You know, nice little pie charts, modern portfolio theory, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, small cap, large cap, international, blah, blah. You know, it was like the same thing. And it seemed that none of these financial advisors I was talking to were actually getting rich doing what they were telling me to do. <laughs> so I thought, well... Why am I even here? I, I'm a real estate guy. I've I've made a lot of money investing in real estate over the years. Why don't I just, you know, buy a bunch of real estate and a lot of rental properties when the sale closes? So I started researching all these different cities and markets around the country. And I really started learning more than ever about how the real estate market works, how there are those three types of markets, linear, cyclical, and hybrid, and how they have opposite cycles a lot of times. And I remember seeing that personally, but I didn't quite get it. You know, like I didn't totally understand it then when I saw all of my clients fleeing California to move to places like Arizona, Texas, Colorado, even Georgia, you know, all the way across the country. And so I thought, you know, I do not want to take all this money from this big sale and put it into one market. I want to be diversified. I'm older now. I want to be more conservative. I want to be a more prudent investor. I don't need to hit a home run. I just want to get a good yield, a good return on my investment. So 
What I did next is I started flying to all these different cities that I was researching. I read like every best places book, you know, the places rated almanac, the best places to live in America. I read all of these. I mean, I had, you know, every one of those books and I was going through all of them. I just couldn't get any help. I, you know, it was very hard to execute this plan by myself. The realtors didn't know anything about investing half the time. They wouldn't return phone calls half the time. <laughs> so it was just really pathetic. And I thought, here you've got Wall Street that has this mediocre to crappy product, right? And they've got the best sales force. They make it so easy to invest with them. You can just walk in to Merrill Lynch and there'll be a guy with a nice suit that went to a good school, this friendly guy, hangs out at the country club, you know, a good social networker, right? And he'll take your money. And then promptly lose it for you or get you a lousy return. And so uh, they make it really easy. They've got the best sales force, but at the worst product. Okay. Right. Yeah. Real estate has the best product, but the worst sales force. And I thought, why can't there be like a financial planning firm for real estate investors? And so I basically created that business to become my own customer. That was the, that was literally the start of it just right there. That's right. So you started not only looking for your own market, but it sounds like to me you got others involved and said, "Hey, oh, look, yeah. look at look yeah. at this great market over here. It's actually not in California. It's actually pretty good. Here's right. why. Why don't you invest with me? Oh, look at this market. It's actually very good." Right. Which and and keep in mind, I was doing this in 2004 in Orange County, California. Yeah. I was holding seminars in Newport Beach, California, when the market was booming. Right. Like it's people crazy. were making money. Right. Hand over fist, you know, 24% appreciation per year. It was insanity, right? And everybody kept telling me I was nuts. But I was right because You're I right. knew there would be a crash. And um, and and my money and a lot of our clients' money at the time, because I was just kind of sharing my experience, right. telling people what I was doing. And a lot of them were interested and they did it with me. And um, the linear markets are markets you invest in for yield, you invest in those, you know, the way you do apartments, right? Sometimes I'm sure when you syndicate an apartment deal, you'll have this property where you can really add value and maybe you're buying it undervalued, hopefully, and the market's on an upswing and you add some value, create some new income streams, and you really make a, a home run, right? But mostly I would venture to guess, although I don't know well, and you you can answer this, most of your de deals I would bet are just done for yield, right? Through yield-oriented investments, I bet, right? right? Ideally, ideally. Now, yeah. but here, I mean, here's the thing about the market cycles, and you've been through one. You know, there's a lot of people- Oh, saying, I've been through three. Right, so yeah. there you go. So, so, so you can get, give us perspective on, there's a lot of people who are saying, oh no, there's, a, there's an adjustment, there's a crash coming in, in real estate. You, we should just sit on the sidelines and not invest in real estate. What is your response to that? You know, look at people, they, you've got to start calling things by the proper name. That's the first thing I'll say. I just interviewed Harry Dent uh, for my podcast again yesterday. That was his, I think, fifth time on my show. And Harry Dent and Peter Schiff, they're always predicting a crash, right? But they always lump everybody in the media lumps real estate, like they call it real estate, and right. they lump it into one category or they call it housing. Well, housing is doing this, housing is doing that, real estate's doing this, it's doing that. Well, 
what kind of real estate? I mean, what type of product is it? First of all, product types, right? Is it and retail? Where? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I'll get to that. Yeah. Is it, <laughs> the first product types, is it retail? Is it industrial? Is it office? Is it housing? Okay. And then in housing, is it apartments or single families? And then is it high price, medium price, low price? Is it linear, cyclical, or hybrid market? You know, there's a million divisions in a country as large and diverse as the United States. You've got four hundred real estate markets, 400. And you know what the major index that everybody uses is called the Case-Shiller Index? Mm -hmm. Epically stupid. You know why? The Case-Shiller Index, the main one, now they have broadened it over the years, but and they've got a better index now, but the main Case-Shiller Index that everybody talks about only profiles 20 metro areas. 20. Yeah, what about the rest and of the country? Exactly. There's 400 markets in the U.S. alone, right? And then around the world, there's zillions more. And of those 20 metros in the Case-Shiller Index, the first main Case-Shiller Index, 15 of them are cyclical markets. They're markets I wouldn't touch, okay? Because I'm not a speculator anymore. I used to be, okay? But I'm more conservative nowadays. I like yield, okay? And And here's the funny thing. You know, when I talk about this linear, cyclical, and hybrid, let me just explain that for a moment. Linear market is as it sounds. It's a market that just chugs along. You know, if you're looking at the video now, it's a graph. It just chugs along and goes up slowly over time. Nothing impressive. Nothing headline worthy. Then a uh, cyclical market, it's like a roller coaster. It has big ups, it has terrible lows, and big ups again, and you know, that's what it does. Hybrid in between the two, right? And so the Case-Shiller Index gives far too much weight to cyclical markets and not enough to linear markets. So if you listen to that index, you have bad information, okay? Because you are only profiling 20 markets, first of all. But of those markets, three-fourths of them are cyclical, okay? So you're going to make a mistake. And here's the other problem with cyclical markets. And I know like you're doing a deal right now in Memphis. We've sold hundreds of properties in Memphis, and I own four properties there myself. Memphis is totally linear. It's boring. boring. Like, like Memphis, for example, Memphis never makes the news, okay? You never hear about the real estate market in Memphis, yet you'll hear a lot about it in San Francisco, LA, Miami, Boston, and New York, right? Those cyclical markets get all the coverage. So... If you're going to be a good real estate investor, you got to stop listening to the mainstream media because they don't know what the hell's going on. They treat everything like a little soundbite, housing, real estate, that where, I mean, you know, it, it just, you can't do that. You've got to slice it up and dice it up. Well, this is, a good, this is a good point. And I think this is a great message for, for all real estate investors is, is the real estate is, is always local. So if there's, is, if there's a market that's red hot, there's going to be one that's going to be not red hot and so forth. And I think your point about the linear markets, you know, we try to time markets, you know, we have the, the, the life cycle of a market. I think that's good if you can time the market right. I think the linear markets that are much more stable that's and a big slow. If, by the way, well, yes. a, well, it's a big, it is a big if, right? It is yeah. a big if. But you know, someone who's in San Francisco and wants to invest in real estate, well, they're probably not going to invest in San Francisco. They might have to go out of area, and there appears to be an aversion to going out of area. But why? Geography in these days and ages is no longer a concern. Why are we so stuck with a geography? I love it. I love that you said that. Okay, so here's one of my quotes. Right, geography is less meaningful 
than it's ever been in human history. It's true. Geography is less meaningful than it's ever been in human history. Mm. Listen, it's still meaningful. Okay, I get it. But it's less meaningful than ever. Okay. And why is that? Well, you know, a hundred years ago, if you wanted to cross the country, well, maybe a little more than a hundred years, well, maybe a hundred years ago, 150 years ago, if you wanted to cross the country, you know, you would leave with a big posse of people in a covered wagon. Okay. And some horses and many of you would die crossing the country and it would take a couple of months. Okay. Now you cross the country in five hours on a jet. Okay. And, and watch a movie. So it, it's just a completely different time. And with all these tools like uh, Google maps and earth view and street view and Zillow for better or worse. I mean, listen, Zillow's got its problems, but you know, it's, it's better than what we used to have, which is nothing. Okay. Uh, and, and, you know, you got all these tools and, this new form of like business model where you just don't need to be stuck to geography. Let me explain another concept that I think is important. I would venture to guess if your listeners that invest in apartments with you are anything like my listeners that invest in houses with me, and we do a few apartments, but not that many. I would venture to guess most of those people are wealthier people who live in cyclical markets. I mean, the vast majority of our clients are from places like the Socialist Republic of California or the expensive northeastern cities. That's where they live. OK, and, and all around the world, too. OK, you know, we've got clients in, all, you know, major cities all over the world, all the cyclical expensive cities. And so they've been lucky that maybe they own some properties there and they caught an upcycle in appreciation. And they got a lot of equity quickly. Now the key is to take that equity and deploy it geographically in a geographically diversified fashion into linear markets that give you good yield. Okay. And so if you're investing near your home, you're going to make a big mistake because you are going to be totally limited in terms of what you can do. And you're going to be placing a lot of risk having all your eggs in one basket. That's right. So if to, to summarize it up, Jason, in your mind, if it's for advice for a real estate investor, what should they be looking for? So I'm going to invest. What is your advice on someone who wants to do that now? Well, I, I mean, there are a lot of things, right? And I try to sum it up in something I call my 10 commandments of successful investing. And uh, that's something that I wrote way back in 2004. And it basically kind of sums up my overall investing philosophy. But definitely, I like linear markets because I don't like risk, okay? I like conservative yield-producing investments that even if they go down in value slightly, as long as you maintain your income and expense ratio, you're going to have a good investment, okay? And so that's the first thing. Obviously, you want, well, maybe it's not obvious, actually. Don't be seduced by really cheap properties with C and D-class tenants. They always look great on paper, but in real life, they just don't perform that well. You know, 12% of American adults are unbanked, meaning they have no bank account, right? They ch cash their checks at check cashing places that charge them somewhere in the neighborhood of 20% of their money to cash a check. It's a, it's a complete ripoff. And those people live in really cheap, low-rent properties. And you know what they realize, uh, maybe not, not even consciously, that if they don't pay the rent, no one's going to chase them. 
because you can't collect from them. <laughs> okay? They're unbanked. You know, if you go get a judgment, even if it's worth it for what, $800 that they owe you, it's not even worth the time, right? You're where what bank are you going to go to to place a levy to get your money? You know, you're just not going to get paid. All right? They just don't have to pay. So you want uh, a and B type tenants, you know, most of the time and A and B type properties. Now, look at lots of people have made money doing everything I said you shouldn't do. Okay, you can make money in anything in real estate, as long as you're a specialist. So if you're like, I met one guy who came up to me at a conference, and he put his hand out and I was I had a little trade show booth there because I did a speech and then had a booth and I was, you know, meeting clients and so forth. And he comes up and he says, Jason Hartman, I want to shake your hand. And he tells me his story. And he says, I've been listening to your podcast for years. And I've got all these units. And he had like hundreds of units. And I thought, wow, you've done great. And I said, what are you doing? You know, where are you buying and so forth? And he's buying in all these terrible areas, you know, areas where you got to collect your rent with a gun, not even a knife. <laughs> you know, you need a gun, terrible. right? But you know, that's his thing. It's his specialty. And you can do well in anything if you specialize and get really good at it. So if you want C and D class tenants, as long as you know how to deal with it, and it's not easy, you can do it. Our clients are kind of yuppie type clients that don't want to deal with yeah. a lot of problems and yeah. they're not local. They want to be in three to five different cities. Okay. And, and be geographically diversified and do it that way. So, yeah. so I think your message is that we can invest in any market in any time, not market in any time, right? It's, it's, there's, if, if there's a recession in one market, there might be growth in the other market. Or what you're saying is linear markets are much less affected by a recession. So in other words, there's always a good time to invest in real estate. You just got to be smart about it. Right. I mean, certainly, to be fair, some times are better than others, Clearly. right? It was better to invest in 2009 than it is today. Right. Okay. But but in 2009, everybody was scared to death right. and they didn't have any confidence. And now everybody has confidence and there's not enough properties to buy. Yeah. Uh, there's a very, you know, very big shortage of inventory. You know, I appreciate your perspective, Jason. You've been around for, for so long and so much experience, not only for your, for your own, but for people that you're working with. And uh, just a lot of fear right now as, as I'm sense, sensing. And, and I, just, I, I thank you very much for, for putting that in perspective and, uh, and that we can invest. We have to be smart about it. So I appreciate that. What's the, what's the best way for people to connect with you, to find you? Uh, so my website is jasonhartman.com, just my name, Jason Hartman, J-A-S-O-N-H-A-R-T-M-A-N.com. And uh, you can find a bunch of resources there. You know, for your listeners, there's a great video there. It's totally free. It's 27 minutes long, and it's on how to analyze a real estate deal. And I would really encourage your listeners, if they're buying, you know, really big apartment complexes or little cheap single family homes, the rules are the same. Okay, and uh, this will really teach them how to read a performa, how to evaluate a deal by the numbers in a rational, logical way so that they don't let their emotions carry them away. Okay, and um, and we're all emotional creatures. Okay, so let's not deny it, <laughs> you know, and it'll really help them uh, learn how to analyze a real estate deal. And it's totally free for any of your listeners. Just go to JasonHartman.com. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for being on the show. All right. Happy investing to you and your listeners. You know, is there ever really a perfect time to invest in real estate? I mean, is there like, you know, in 2005, six, when the market was hot, everybody was jumping in and that seemed like the right time because market, the prices were going up and it turns out we were wrong. Then in 2008, nine, it would have been the perfect time, but everybody's so afraid 
that clearly it can't be the right time to jump into real estate because who knows where the bottom is. You know, the truth is there's really not a perfect time. If we try to time the, the market cycles, it's going to be difficult. However, having said that, as Jason points out, we can research markets. And he talked about some of the reports. I've blogged about some of those reports, you know, the Marcus Millichap apartment report, the IRR viewpoint report, milk and best cities. We can research markets. And what we're looking for is, is a growing market. And we're a little bit shy with markets that are cyclical, uh, markets that have a wild upswing and a wild downswing. And we favor those markets that may be a little more of a steady growth. Growth. But the point is this, we have to have a national outlook on the markets. In fact, some would argue we should have an international market outlook on, on real estate, but for our purposes, really a national outlook. So if you live in one of the coasts, it does not mean you have to invest in those coasts, right? So get out of your comfort zone and start looking for markets, research the markets, get to know those markets. And I published some of them on my, on my website, right? And, and others do as well. These are the markets that are growing and still have a potential for yield. So it's never really a perfect time. And Jason is spot on with some of his 10 commandments about researching the local markets and staying away from those up and down kind of markets, making sure that, you know, he talked about kind of the stable income producing properties. What he's talking about is cash flow. Make sure that your property is cash flow. You know, make sure that your loans are 10-year loans, not five-year arms. That's how we got ourselves into trouble in the recession is where people got five-year arms coupled with hardly any cash flow, if any. So there was hardly any cash flow. Then they had to sell a refinance right at the height of the recession. And that's how they got themselves into trouble. Get yourself a 10-year loan. Make sure that your property's cash flow. If they don't cash flow from day one, make sure it, you know it's 90 days, 120 days, or sometime in the near future that those things cash flow and stay away from the speculation stuff. Right? So hopefully that helped kind of put things in perspective. It's never a perfect time to invest. Just be smart about it, buy good deals, good cash flowing deals and good markets and take action. All right, guys. So make sure you go to jasonhartman.com and uh, watch his video. He, he knows what he's talking about. And then, you know, if you haven't gone already to my website, themichaelblank.com, grab yourself the ebook called The Secret to Raising Money to Buy Your First Apartment Building Deal. It's a great way to kind of get into multifamily by raising money from others. You don't actually need your own money. And you can get that by going to themichaelblank.com forward slash ebook or via text message, which is uh, you text the word secret book. That's secret book, one word, to 44222. That's 44222. You can get it via text message as well. All right, guys. Hope you find it useful. Appreciate your time. And I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast with Michael Block. For more free podcasts, articles, and videos, go to themichaelblanc.com. There, you can also download the free ebook, The Secret to Raising Money to Buy Your First Apartment Building. Till next time.